Well, what is up, Emmanuel? How are you doing today? I hope you're doing well. I hope you're excited to be here today. Uh, hey, is it, hey, today is a very special day, uh, right? You know, normally what we do at this point is we kind of continue in a series, and uh, we're in a series right now called Hindrance, and what we're going to do is kind of take a break on that series and finish that up next week. Uh, but I don't know if you heard, on Tuesday, we're about to elect a brand new president in our country. So uh, what I felt led to do is to take a break and kind of talk about what's going on in our country today and about the fact that we're about to elect a brand new president. And I know that when we talk about politics in church, it can be a little bit hairy and there's different people that are in different groups. Some of us are very engaged and we're very excited about politics. And this is, uh, you might be in this group of people if, if you've been watching uh, television every night and you switch back and forth to different, you know, cable news networks and, and you watched all the debates and uh, you can't wait for the next juicy piece of uh, information to come out about what candidate said this or what candidate said that and what the, what the new accusations are. And it's been quite messy, uh, this election cycle. And, but you love it. You're sitting on the edge of the seat. You just can't wait. You can't get enough of it. And, and, uh, and so there's, there's some of you like that. There's also a group of you that, man, you were engaged and uh, you were into it, but man, you've gotten so tired of it, and all of the he said, she said, and he did, and she did, and all this different stuff, that you're, you're like over it, and, and you're, you're like ready for this to be over. Anybody there? You're like, come on already. I can't wait for Tuesday, because I'm just tired of this nonsense, right? And there's some of you who are in that category, and then there's some of you that are like, what's happening on Tuesday? Like, there's a vote? <laughs> like, who are we voting for, you know? And uh, you're totally disengaged, haven't been listening even from the beginning, and you could really care less. And, and so maybe you're somewhere in between, in between some of those categories, but uh, I just want to tell you what. I just want to say something. If you're a guest with us here today, uh, I want to just be upfront and honest with you. We hardly ever talk about politics. So it's really strange that this is your first time uh, here today and I'm talking about politics because I promise you the last time I talked about politics or someone did from this platform uh, was about four years ago, the last time we uh, elected a president or re-elected a president. So uh, it's not normal, but I really felt led to do this because um, I, I think it's, it's been an interesting time in our country and I think there's a lot of us who are, have a lot of questions and a lot of concerns about how to engage in this process, and my heart really is, you know, I'm a coach, and I love to coach and, and give people instructions. I'm not always the best coach, but I feel, I felt led at this particular time to give maybe a perspective on this whole issue that you haven't heard, uh, something, something maybe a little bit more balanced or, or something that, that, that you need to hear, and that's really what's on my heart. So today what I want to do is just kind of take a break and provide some coaching on this issue that, uh, that I think will be helpful to you, and that's my hope, and that's my prayer. And so I think a lot of us have a good reason to be concerned about the, the direction of our country. Uh, we have good reason to be concerned about what's going on in our country, not just our country, but even in the entire world. I think we have a lot of good reasons to be concerned about the, the character of the candidates who are on the ballot. And so there's a lot of anxiety that revolves around the, you know, oh my goodness, what did he do? What did she do? All this different stuff. And, and there's a lot of stuff circling in the news. And, and it really can be difficult as a person of 
faith as a Christ follower to engage in this process, to really kind of know, like, okay, how do I do this? Like, if I do engage, like, how do I engage? And, and, and what do I believe? And, and who do I actually vote for? And so really that's kind of why I'm, I'm, uh, I'm doing this talk is to provide some help in that area. And I know some of you are probably wondering, you know, well, is he gonna tell us, like, who he's gonna vote for? And, what his positions are, and, and of, of course, you know, uh, you, you probably already know who I'm going to vote for, and, and, uh, and you know who that is, and, and that is, that's this guy right here. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to vote for Pedro, okay? <laughs> now, uh, some of you are like, Pedro? Who's Pedro? Like, what's that all about? Well, if you're 25 years and younger, uh, there, there may be a good, you know, chance that you don't know who Pedro is, and uh, because you've never seen the movie Napoleon Dynamite, uh, but many of you have, and, and you think that's pretty funny, because I do too. <laughs> so, uh, but no, I'm not going to vote for Pedro, but I'm not going to tell you who I'm going to vote for, but I do want to provide some coaching for you on this issue, and so I'm going to give you four ideas that I think are really going to help you, that have definitely helped me engage in this process in the right way. And the first one is this right here. I believe that all of us should vote. I believe that you should vote, that we should engage in this process. Now, you're going to, the traditional reasons that you may have heard someone like me say before is that, hey, everyone should vote. Everyone who's an American citizen should vote because it's your responsibility as a citizen. And I agree with that. I think that that's true. I think you probably have also heard someone say something like this. Man, it is your right and privilege to vote. And because thousands of Americans have literally given their lives so you could have an opportunity to go into that voting booth and cast your vote. And that's the, one of the privileges of living in a, in a country where, where, where we're free to do that. And how many millions upon millions of people would love the chance to have the freedom to go in and, and choose and vote for their elected leaders or for the leaders of their country. And they don't have that right and they don't have that freedom. So I believe you should do it for those two reasons. But I also want to throw a third reason at you today that I believe is, is so important, uh, or a reason that you should vote. And that's, it's in your notes, and it's right here. When you vote, you're participating in God's plan. When you vote, you're participating in God's plan plan. What do I mean by that? Well, in Romans chapter 13, and you may not know that about this about the Bible. The Bible teaches this. This may be news to you, but in Romans 13, the apostle Paul says this, everyone must submit to the governing authorities, for all authority comes from God. An amazing statement. Every leader who's in charge has been put there by God. Paul continues, and he explains it this way, and those in positions of authority have been placed there by God. Now, I know some of you might hear that and say, wait a second, wait a second. I thought it's, it's the electoral college. I thought it's the voting, the voting of the people that puts the leaders in place. And, 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 and the answer is yes. And then we hear this, that, that all of the leaders have been placed there by God. And well, which one is it? Is it God or is it the people? And, and the answer is very simple. It's both. The answer is that God uses the system of voting and, and our system of the electoral college to put leaders in place. Place. Here's, here's what I'm saying today. When you choose to engage in the system that we have, the voting system that we have, you're choosing to engage in the system that God has put in place to put leaders in place in our country. 
And, and so what, what that means is that when you choose not to engage and you kind of sit this out, and I know the temptation, uh, especially in this election cycle, is to want to sit it out because of all of the ridiculousness and, and you find yourself thinking, man, I don't want to vote in for her or I don't want to vote for him and I don't want to vote for this one and I just, I just want to sit the whole darn thing out. I know, I understand that, I resonate with that, I have friends like that that, that think that way. But when you choose to sit out you're choosing to sit out on God's plan. There's not a leader in place today that God has not put in that place. So what that means is that voting is a very spiritual issue because you're engaging in the will of God. And I know some of you are gonna still push back and say, yeah, but I don't like that person and I don't trust that person and I don't believe in them and they're not good people. Okay, that's fine. Let me, let, me, let, me, let me share with you the context that Paul is writing in. In Romans 13, Paul is actually talking uh, or writing during a time where a guy named Nero was in charge. He was the emperor of Rome. He was 10 times worse than anyone, probably more evil than, shouldn't say that word evil, but probably worse than anybody on the ballot today. You say, well, how? Well, how? well history tells us that Nero, uh, was, he was so crazy that he actually gave an order to burn the entire city of Rome. And he was successful. Over a half of the entire city burned to the ground. Thousands of his own people were, were killed in the fire. And when people started pointing the finger back at him saying, oh my gosh, that's you, you're the evil guy, you're the bad guy. Guess what he did? He shifted the blame to all of the Christians. Christianity had spread to Rome. And he said, you know who did it? It's the Christians who did it. And so that led to all kinds of widespread persecution. And Nero himself would take Christians and he would kill them in, in the most grotesque, torturous ways. He, he would have some of them crucified. He would have some of them put uh, a tar poured over them and, and lit on fire and used as human torches. He would wrap up some Christ followers in, in animal skins and then, and then allow wild dogs to eat them alive. It was, it was terrible. And so Paul is writing during a time when Nero was in charge. You know what he says? There are no leaders in place today that have not been put there by God himself. Wow, that's crazy. But it's true. See, we believe in the sovereignty of God, that he is in control of everything. And so here's what I just want to encourage you to do today. Just, 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 a little bit, little bit of coaching. I encourage you to vote because it's a very spiritual act. You are participating in God's plan. Number two, number two, you need to vote or you should vote like Jesus would vote. Yeah, I wrote it just like that. You should vote like Jesus would vote. Now, I know that sounds a little bit Sunday schoolish. If you went to Sunday school when you're a little kid, you know, a lot of times a Sunday school teacher would ask a question and, and the answer always seemed to be Jesus. Oh, oh, oh Jesus is the answer. And you, you, most of the time you were right. And, and here we are again saying, how should we do this? Well, we should do it like Jesus. And I know that sounds simplistic or childish, but it's actually true. See, we're called as Christ followers to live our lives as Jesus would live them if he were us. And that includes the way we engage in the political process. It also includes the way we, we husband our wives or wife our husbands or parent our children or behave at work. We should live our lives as Jesus should live. We should do as Jesus would do if he were us. And the political system is no exception in our lives today. We should vote like Jesus would. Now, what does that mean? Well, let me explain. It, it, it's, it sounds simple, but it's a little bit more complex. I, when Jesus was on his way to the cross, he was about ready to be crucified. He stood on trial before several different leaders. One of those leaders was named Pilate. 
And right when Jesus was standing before Pilate, Pilate said to him, are you the king of the Jews? And Jesus responded and he said, well, who's asking this question? Somebody put you up to this? Pilate responds and he says, look, you know, your, your own people brought you to me. Like, wh- what is it? What have you done that they want you to, you know, be crucified? Listen to what Jesus says back to Pilate. I love this. He says, my kingdom is not an earthly kingdom. Big K, little K. If it were, my followers would fight to keep me from being handed over to the Jewish leaders. Like if I had a kingdom on this earth, (laughs) listen, I would have an army of people fighting. It wouldn't just be human. I'd bring some angels down too. But he continues, watch this. But my kingdom is not of this world. What is Jesus saying here? He's saying, yes, I am a king. Let me answer your question. Yes, but I'm not a king of, of, of this world. My kingdom is, a, is, a, is of, a, of a different world. It's an unseen reality. And I'm in charge there. And I have a throne there. And I have a way of running things there. There's a system of values there. There are ways that I get things done there. Yes, I am a king. Now, here's the deal. As people of faith, as people who say Jesus is our Lord, as people who say Jesus is my king, our first allegiance, our first citizenship, our first loyalties are to that kingdom, the kingdom that Jesus is in charge of. What am I saying? I'm saying we're, kingdom, we're citizens of heaven first and citizens of America Second, Listen to what Paul said in in Philippians chapter three. But we are citizens of heaven where the Lord Jesus Christ lives. And we are eagerly awaiting for him to return as our savior. Where's he coming from? We're waiting for him to return. Where's he coming? He's coming from heaven. And he's gonna rule and he's gonna reign. What does that mean? That means that when we, what it looks like to vote like Jesus would vote means that we come into our voting booths or our our system of government here with the lens of the kingdom, with the values of the kingdom. We represent another kingdom, not just this kingdom. We are citizens of heaven first and citizens of America second. In fact, Jesus gave us a prayer to pray. It's, It's mistakenly referred to as the Lord's Prayer. It's not the Lord's Prayer. He didn't pray it. We are to pray it. In verse 10 of Matthew chapter 6, this is what it says. The kingdom, your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. See, what Jesus is saying here, guys, this is so important. There's a way that things get done in heaven. There's a system of authority. There's real life there. Things are happening there and will always happen there and will continue to happen there for all eternity. And our job as Christ followers is to live in such a way and pray in such a way and to vote in such a way as to bring about God's will on earth right here as it is done in heaven. And guess what? We can do that in part, not completely, but in part, sometimes it's a very small part, by engaging in the political system through the lens of kingdom values. And how do we know what kingdom values are? Well, it's just, you, you get in the word and you're reading and you're studying and you're, you're praying and you're seeking God and you're discovering ways that, that God works and you're discovering truth from God and you discover the kingdom values that way. Now, is that, that sounds awesome, doesn't it? That, not, that sounds easy right there. I could, uh, I could almost finish the talk here and feel good about myself. But, 
It's not that simple. And here's why it's not that simple. Some of you already know. Because when you look at each one of the parties, when you look at each one of the platforms or the positions or even the candidates, what you're going to find is kingdom values embedded in each side. In each side. Which is why, and it, which, is, which, which explains why you can have really awesome Christians on all sides of this situation. You can have devoted Christ followers or Democrats, devoted Christ followers or Republicans or, or Libertarians or, 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 you know, uh, not fundamentalists, <laughs> independents. I don't know where that came from. Uh, but you can have devoted Christ followers on all, on all sides. Why? Because there are kingdom values embedded in each system, which makes it really difficult. See, I could tell you and almost make it sound simple. Hey, here's how you vote. Go into the voting booth and vote for the party or the platform or the policies or the candidate that best represent kingdom values, and that sounds really simple. And in fact, that is what I'm telling you to do today. It's just not that easy. It's just not that simple. You really have to do your homework to discover which party, which policies, which platforms, and which candidates, whether they be for the president or for the government or even on down to the school board, which positions, which platforms, which policies, which candidates best represent kingdom values. It's just not that simple. So what I want to encourage you to do is go to this website, indianavoters.com. And when you go to this website, you type in your address, and basically it brings up all of the candidates that are on the ballot, and from that platform, you can go in all different types of directions and find out what they believe and what their positions are. You have to do your homework. This is not a, this is not a, a 30-second homework assignment. This is gonna take some time if you wanna be an informed voter. So number one, I think you should engage. I think you should vote because when you vote, you're engaging in God's plan. Number two, I think you should vote the way Jesus would vote. Now let me give you this third one, which I think is even more important than the first two. I think you should never lose influence. I think you should never lose influence. What do I mean by that? What I mean by never lose influence is remember the bigger story. Remember the larger story. What story do we find ourselves living in today? I love the story uh, uh, in Acts chapter tw- uh, 17 when Paul was preaching to a group of people in Athens. And he says it in a way that I can't say it, so I'm just gonna read it to you. This is part of his sermon. Listen to this. From one man, God created all the nations throughout the whole earth. That was true back then, and it's true today. He decided beforehand when they should rise and fall, and he determined how far their boundaries should go. Here you go this far, and that's all, that's as far as you can go. Every nation, right? That's powerful. Listen, then he tells us this is the purpose. His purpose for creating the nations was for them to seek after God and perhaps feel their way toward him and say it with me, find him. So important, though he's not far away from any one of us. You wanna know what the bigger story is? You wanna know why God created the world, created the nations and their boundaries and, their, and the times for their existence and, 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 ha- and why he allows one to rise and another to fall so that the people inside those nations, the individuals inside those nations would find him because that's what every single one of us need. We need God in our lives and that's the bigger story we find ourselves living in. And that's the, st- that's the story that we need influence for. In order to tell that story, we need influence with people in our lives. I love the way Andy Stanley said it. 
He said this, no one dies and goes to Washington, D.C. And that statement says it all for me. It really tells the whole story. See, what's at stake is people's eternity. People will live forever, forever either with God or without God. The, the smaller story is who's gonna be the next president? Who's gonna be the next governor? What's gonna happen in the next four years? What's gonna happen with our country? That's a story, That's a, and it's an important story, and, and we should engage in that story. But it's the smaller story. It's not the bigger story. The bigger story is people will live forever and they need Christ in their life, and that's the purpose of why God has created the world. Paul says this about my role in that story and your role in that story. Listen to what he says. For God was in Christ reconciling the world to himself, no longer counting people's sins against them. He came to give mercy. He came to give grace. He came to bring us back to God. Listen to what he says. And he gave us this wonderful message of reconciliation. He continues and tells us that we are Christ's ambassadors, one that represents another country. That's what the word means. When an ambassador goes to another country and he speaks, he speaks on behalf of that country. We are Christ's ambassadors. God, God is making his appeal through us. We speak for Christ when we plead, come back to God. That is our role in the story. That is my role in the story. And that is your role in that story. God is reconciling the world back to himself and we are his tools. We are his mouthpiece. We are his messengers and our message is very simple. Come back to God. We need influence in order to do that. And here's the problem. Here's the problem. When we get, when we make the smaller story of who's the next president going to be and oh my gosh and we need this and that and when that story becomes the bigger story and when we get too focused on politics and, and we get all wrapped up inside, in it and we start to get angry and, and we start to get animated and we start to you know, say things on, online or whatever and, and we start to verbalize and get in verbal disputes with coworkers or even family members because of our politics, guess what? Guess what we're doing? We're making the smaller story the bigger story and when we do that, we lose influence. We lose influence. You see, Andy Stanley said it this way. He said, never make a point at the expense of your influence. Never make a point at the expense of your influence. Why? Because there's a bigger story going on. And you need, after, after all the dust settles, after the next president is elected, guess what? You still need influence for the larger story. What, and what happens is when, when we make the smaller story the bigger story and, and we get nasty with people and we, we end relationships with people because we disagree with their positions politically or whatever and we, we, har we harm ourselves when the, after the dust settles and then when they need our help or when, when, we, when, when, they need, when we need to speak into their life at a time, guess what? Guess what? We can't speak in. They want nothing to do with us because we've lost influence with them. Never, never make a point. Never make a point at the expense of influence. Remember the larger story. So number one, engage, vote. Number two, engage in a way Jesus would do it. And number three, never lose influence. Let me give you this fourth one. Let me give this, I think this will be really helpful. Trust and pray. Trust and pray. I want to go back to Romans 13 really quick. So, so, so powerful. Need to repeat this. Romans 13, 1 says, those in positions of authority have been placed there by God. 
What that does for me, and hopefully it does for you, is that allows me to trust him. If it doesn't go my way, or if the person doesn't get voted in that I think they should get voted in, that would help the country go a better direction or whatever, right? If it doesn't go down the way I thought it would, guess what I can always, I can always lean back on? Okay, God has appointed those leaders, and he has a plan for this country, and I trust him because he's a good God. We can trust in God. God is sovereign. We need to, some, of, some of us need to stop freaking out. We, we do. I, to quote Andy again, I mean, I don't want to do too much, but he's so good on us. He says, hey, you're scaring the children. <laughs> when you freak out and you start, you know, talking all this stuff and get angry and worried and anxious, you, you're, you're, listen, that's, that's, that's not the proper response. We can trust God in this. The leaders that are appointed are appointed by God. So we can trust. But we can't stop there. We need to also pray for our leaders. In in verse four, listen to what Paul says here. This is the role of our authorities. The authorities are God's servants sent for your good. Sent for my good. In other words, their role, government officials, their role is to create systems and policies and procedures and laws that are helpful to us. That's their role. They serve God that way. And I know some of you would think, well, they're doing a terrible job. Okay, well, that's beside the point. That's why, that's why they need our prayers. They need our prayers for wisdom to make the right decisions, to make the right policies, to make the right laws so that we can live peaceful lives, good lives. That's why we need to pray for them. Does that make sense? I love the way, P- the way Paul said it to his protege, Timothy. He said this, I urge you, first of all, to pray for all people. Ask God to help them, intercede on their behalf, and give thanks for them. And then he takes it a step further. Listen, he says, pray this way for kings and for those who are in authority so that we can live peaceful and quiet lives marked by godliness and dignity. You see what he's saying there? He's saying, listen, when you pray for your leaders, when you pray for those in authority, whether they be the mayor, the governor, the the president, or whoever, It actually benefits you because they make the right decisions. They make the right policies that allow you to live a peaceful, godly life with dignity. Now, 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 I have to admit, I'll be the first one to admit, I spend more time talking about leaders than I do praying on my knees for leaders. How about you? How much could we affect the landscape of, of, the, of, of, of the laws and the political, the political landscape in our country if we just simply devoted some time to pray for wisdom and for discernment for our leaders. In fact, I think it's a fair question, a, a, a fair challenge today that no matter who ends up being the, uh, the governor or who ends up being the president, that you should pray for them, even if it's not your guy, even if it's not your girl, that you'd say, you know what, that's right. That's what the Bible says. I am going to pray for my leaders. I think that's a prayer that God would love, love to answer. So what have I said today? I've given you a little coaching. I hope it's been helpful. You know, I've told you, hey, you got to engage. It's God's plan. He uses your vote to put people in power. I've told you to engage in a way uh, that Jesus would, that to bring a kingdom lens to the table and try to pick the policy or the, 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 the party or the, the, the leader, the candidate that most reflects kingdom values, and that's not easy. 
I've told you to never lose influence, never lose influence, never lose sight of the larger story. And then I've told you to trust and pray. Now, let me close this out by circling back to the larger story. The Apostle Paul said, here's the larger story. God is reconciling the world back to himself, not counting people's sins against them. And he's chosen me and he's chosen you to be his ambassador, his mouthpiece. This is what it says. I'll just circle back to this really quick. We speak for Christ when we plead, come back to God. Can I just, uh, can I just plead with you? Can I just tell you that, hey, as a church, uh, we're not wrapped up in this political stuff? We're not. I mean, we, need to, we need to address it. We need to engage in it. But we, we are telling you today, it's the smaller story. The bigger story is what's going on between you and God. And we as a church, and the reason we exist as a church is to speak into this issue and say, hey, the bigger story is this. Come back to God. Put your faith in Christ. Be reconciled to God. See, sin has separated you from God. Literally, putting you over here and God over here, and there's a separation caused by sin. Guess what? When Christ died on the cross, he destroyed that separation. He conquered sin and death for you, making it possible to come back to God and be reconciled. You say, how do I do that? It's very simple. You reach out in faith and confidence to Christ, and you tell him that you believe that he died on the cross for you. You believe he rose from the dead three days later, and you believe that he did it because he loved you, and that his sacrifice on the cross was enough to pay for all of your sins and to wash away all of your sins. And when you take that step of faith, you become a child of God. You become a Christ follower. If you'd like to make that decision today, it's a very simple decision. I'm gonna lead you in a prayer. It's a simple prayer of faith. It's not complicated. In fact, if you've never prayed before, you could take my very words, use my words, make them your own words, and put your confidence and trust in Christ today. You'll have your sins washed away, and you will, you will come back to God. If you'd like to do that, I'd invite you to close your eyes and bow your head. Just share, just say this simple prayer to God. It's a prayer he loves to answer. Dear Jesus, I trust you today. I put my confidence in you today. I believe you are the Son of God. I believe you died on the cross for my sin to forgive me, to wash me, to bring me back to yourself. I trust you today for the forgiveness of my sins. Make me your child by faith. And help me from this day forward to honor you, to become more like you, and to help others join in in this thing called eternal life and abundant life. It's in Christ's name I pray. Amen. If you just prayed that prayer, our church loves to help you get started on that journey. You just began a journey with Christ. And what we love to do is hand out these one-year New Testaments. And the reason we do that is because we believe with all of our heart that the Word of God 
as, as the word of God says, is a lamp unto our feet and a light unto our path. Literally, it shows us how to get through this life. It shows us what God is like. It shows us what, what needs to change inside of us. It shows us how to, to go through our days with hope and joy and love. And so if you prayed to receive Christ today, we'd like to put one of these in your hands today. They're in the back of the auditorium. Uh, whatever campus that you're at, uh, you can grab one of these on your way out. Can we give God glory for what he's done today? Amen. It's awesome. Hey, as we, uh, as we elect a president on Tuesday, um, just remember, just remember, it's important stuff. We have to engage, but remember, it's the smaller story. It's not the bigger story. The bigger story is what we talked about today. And as you engage in this process, just remember this, just remember this as you leave today. Never lose influence as you're trying as you're engaging in this process or you're trying to make a point. I hope this was helpful to you today. Next week, we're going to jump back into hindrance week number four. You're not gonna wanna miss that. Um, let me pray for us and then we'll get out of here. God, thank you so much for the opportunity to uh, speak into this issue and provide some coaching and instruction. I pray that you would use what was spoken today, your words today, uh, the scriptures today to help us engage in this process, in our political process, in a way that honors you and also keeps our influence with people so that we can make an impact, the impact that you have designed for us to make in the bigger story. We pray all of this in Christ's name. Amen. God bless you. We'll see you next week for Hindrance Week number four. Bring a friend.